Welcome to the Plebeian Power Hour with your hosts, Kim and Tipper. Today we're going to be talking about Watergate. This is kind of an interesting one because I had always looked at this in a way where I was like, I don't know why everyone's so like upset about this. All he did was bug an office. Don't they all bug offices? But as you dig in, I was like, whoa, there's a lot more here than I realized. And it actually kind of makes me tinfoil hat a bit because I was like, there's so many intertwining layers here that I'm like, I, I think I'm turning into one of those people that's like, I don't trust the government as much as I think that I should. That's where I'm at. <laughs> Although I think I trust the government the right amount. It's just not very high. You know, there that's true. And I may have laughed over you <laughs> telling that. But <laughs> so I apologize. I can't help myself. I'm a very loud laugher. But you're right. You probably trust the government the right amount. So, we're going to jump right in, because this is essentially Nixon. Yep. Yep. Nixon, um, he had been a member of the House of Representatives and the Senate when he ran for president. Um, He was also the vice president of Dwight D. Eisenhower from 1953 to 1961. So, he had a lot of experience. Yes. And he lost. And he lost. Which is interesting and ties into the future that's one of those threads that we'll speak of yeah uh-huh so he was elected president and inaugurated in january of 1969 so while he's in office he oversaw the reduction of troops in vietnam detente with the soviet union and china which means um like a lowering of tensions between the countries uh he saw the first man walk on the moon. He was the Guinness Book of World Record holder for the longest long-distance telephone call in history because he was on the radio, not phone, but on the radio with Neil and Buzz as they took their first steps on the moon. So when they were saying one saw step for man, he was on the call with them. They're kind of talking to him. Um And in the fall of 1970, Nixon was the president that ended school segregation, which is fascinating to me. Um, That also seems like a really late year. I I think we'll have to learn more about those kinds of things, too. Um, And he uh, started the EPA, and he ordered an airlift of supplies to Israel during the Yom Kippur conflict. That is the end of the good things that he did. (laughs) I I had to throw him in there because, oh my word. And and I'm still of the opinion that it's not just him. He's playing the same game as everybody else, and he got caught. This is what it makes me think of now when I hear the word career politician. I'm like, oh, you're talking Nixon kind of stuff. And, And last week... I would have said, oh, but Nixon's probably a normal guy. We're probably just being really critical because it was a big deal at the time. Oh, no. <laughs> this man. Holy cow. Why can't we have wonderful people be the president of the United States? I think I said this before. They don't, you don't 
get to be the president yeah. if you're if you're a nice guy. A nice guy. I think there are a few who've tried, but they just haven't made it. <sighs> and, and it is interesting too because we do kind of have to. We'll, we'll talk about this when we get to it. Like he didn't order a lot of this stuff to happen. Like he didn't order the burglary to happen. He didn't even know about it till after the fact. I don't believe that. Oh, I do believe it because if you read through the transcripts, he's talking about it. And when they talk, you know, somebody broke in and he's like, "What all did that?" Oh, you can't swear on the Blibbly podcast. That's right. Uh, that was a direct <laughs> quote. <laughs> it's true. There was so many swear words. Okay, we have to back up and we have to talk about. Well, let's. Should we? T- okay, what do you, you want to start with? Because I think we should just kind of go back go and start. To let's the, go back and forth. Let's talk about the how Watergate happened and what Watergate. Let's do, was. and then we'll go back if we need to for yeah. some of the pieces. So great idea. We'll cut that part out. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so what Watergate was? <clears throat> there was a, a Watergate complex. Right in 1972. Yeah. So that was an election year. There was an election year uh-huh. that was happening, and and there's also a lot of other context. That you have to kind of keep in mind, like, remember in, like, 1970, there's five bombs going off every day in the United States. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of stuff going on that may be justification for the reasons that they did some of this. So one of the things that I found while I was researching is there were three organizations and groups that were allowed to be spied on without any kind of... um, Paperwork. What do you call it when you get it Paper from a judge? Trail sort of no. thing. Oh, warrant. A warrant without a warrant, and it was the Black Panthers, the Communist Party, and the KKK, because they yeah. were causing, and the People's Liberation Army. They're so causing they, this, which are the communists. in the Church uh, Committee paper, which I also yes. wanted to talk about. They mentioned five things, and it was Communist Party USA. Um, and I'll, I can scroll down and see, but basically a socialist group. Yep. The uh, white I, hate groups, which was mostly the KKK, the, KKK. the black nationalist groups, mm-hmm. which was not the just black. the Black Panthers, mm-hmm. but uh, most of their stuff was around like the Black Panthers right. and some similar groups. And then they also had a group called the Far Left, which oh. was just a generic group. It's the way people use the alt right and far right uh. today. It's the same thing. Like it's a pretty generic thing, and it just means there's a bunch of people over here who are being kind of, you know. Rowdy and tinfoil hat level one. What do you think the chances are they're still doing that today? <laughs> one thousand <000%. laughs> percent. Okay, tinfoil hat off then. <laughs> <laughs> so they had all these organizations and all of these groups. And what's interesting is when Nixon got into the White House in 1969, he walked into his office and found out that LBJ before him had a recording system in his office. And he's like, I don't want to be recorded. Get it out of here. I don't want it. But in 1971, he decides, oh, wait a second. I do, too, want these recording devices. So he puts in um, him and his, oh, God, I forget his role, the secretary, I mean, the. White House Council. He had a couple of councils and then chief of staff guy. It's his chief of staff. So he comes and they put in the recording equipment um, and they put it everywhere. And he did it because he wanted information for his memoirs yep. to write after. 
And he wanted to hold people accountable for their words and actions because he talked to LBJ and he's like, why is this here? And he's like, you're going to want it because people will say, well, I already told you that president. Or they're going to say to somebody else, the president told me to say that. And you're going to say, I'm sorry, Uh, I have this recorded. And yeah, I didn't say that. So it was to save his butt too. Yep. And one thing, there was a distinction between LBJ's and JFK had one as well. mm -hmm. LBJ's was... LBJ determined when it was turned on and when it was turned it off. It was manual. And Nixon's was just voice activated. So he didn't turn it on, turn he it off. He just went one on. one that he could turn on. And then four more that were voice activated. So, yeah, the one that, what I had read was that they were voice activated. I didn't realize there was one. It was the one in the cabinet room. So he had one in the cabinet room that was, that was manual, but all the other were sound activated. Um, and it... And you can go listen to these tapes. Yep. So this is all happening from 1971 to 1973. And don't forget that Watergate occurs in 1972. 1972. And before Watergate, there was when the Pentagon Papers got released. And we kind of talked about this in a previous one. When, uh, when the Pentagon Papers got released, there was uh, Daniel Ellsberg was the guy who released them. Mm-hmm. And the same people who broke into Watergate were the people who broke into Daniel Ellsberg's psychiatrist's office looking uh-huh. for something that they could use to discredit the guy. They were looking for, so they call him, you know, crazy or whatever. Yeah. So they were looking for something there. It was the same group of people that were involved in that as were involved in Watergate. And it was a group, they mm-hmm. called themselves the Plumbers. The Plumbers. Because... That their initial thing with the, with the Pentagon Papers was they were trying to stop the leak. You know that was not public information. They it were wasn't that they're full of crap. The leak, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just to be clear, folks, this this is because they were stopping leaks. So so that was kind of their unofficial name was the plumbers. The plumbers. But in 1972, you were saying it was an election year. Yep. So this. Nixon's a Republican, and he's really concerned about what the Democratic Democratic Party is planning. So he gets, I'm sorry, he has no clue that this group of people, whom we later find out are CIA and FBI people. And some others that they hire. That they hire. They go in and they bug the Democratic National Committee. They, so the first time they actually go in in like May and they bug it and right. they get away. They are just changing the batteries. So they <laughs> decide, one. yeah, they're not. They, when they get got caught in back. September. I thought it was like June or July. Let me see my notes here. Well, they get caught, the five of them, in September. No, that's when they get tried. It was June 17th and actually June 18th, the morning of June 18th, the night of June 17th when they broke in again. And the story is that the security guard at the complex, he's doing his rounds, Mm -hmm. and he sees tape over one of the door door latches in the Mm -hmm. uh, parking garage. And so he just removes it, and he goes on about his business. He comes back later. No, no, it's September 3rd, 1971. That's when they break in. Oh, that's that's Ellsberg. Good heavens. Where am I? So it's June 17th. 1972, when they break in and <laughs> I get believe caught. You. I believe you. And, and 
that the security guard sees the tape ah, the yes. second time, so he calls the police, and they have some undercover people. So the people who are breaking in, they've got a lookout across the road in a hotel, ah, and he's mm-hmm. watching, but it's undercover police who show up. So they don't see it's a, a not a marked car. They're not in uniform, and they don't they're not able to warn the guys in time. So the police catch them in the act. Yeah, and there's five guys who are in in a breaking in. Yeah, and they get caught in the room. So basically, just red-handed. There's nothing they can mm-hmm. do. To and they deny call it. to them, and the people who are there are like, "We're not armed. Like, we're not armed. Don't do anything to us." Because and and I was in the wrong part of my notes. So I believe they had broken in on May twenty-eighth first. Yeah, that was when and they got in successfully. They got the telephones bugged at that time and they supposedly they also were taking pictures and of yeah. documents and stuff like that and when they got caught they had several rolls of tape that cameras mm-hmm. they had some other uh, equipment with them as mm-hmm. well one of the other things that one of the guys had was a book that had contact information in it and in that contact information was a white house uh, council name, so a name. Yes. Of his name was Howard Hunt, mm-hmm. and his name and White House phone number were in this guy's book. Yep. And so they get caught. The police kind of do their investigation on uh, the twenty third. So yep. s- several days later, there's some White House tapes where the news is being broken to Nixon. Mm-hmm. And that's where things get weird for Nixon. But as, as far as the, the burglary itself, there were five yeah. guys. There was uh, a couple of them were uh, hired people, and they were like Cuban nationalists. And the reason that that comes into yes. play is because on the 23rd, when they're when Nixon's talking to his people about the break-in, and this is where he's kind of, what it seems like is he's kind of learning about it. Okay, but don't forget, he knows that he's being recorded. He knows that he's being recorded, <coughs> but he had never had any intention of these tapes going to anyone but himself. That's true. So the when he's saying these things, and, he, and when the tapes come out and they ask for the tapes, like, he doesn't want to give the tapes. Yes, we'll have to talk about but, that later because that's a huge so, thing. So he's talking, in theory, that the only people who are ever going to hear him are his own people. Mm-hmm. So you can take that for what it's worth, whether it's true or not. But in theory, he's speaking honestly because he doesn't believe anybody is going to hear this but himself. But on that tape, on the 23rd, when they start talking about this, he goes in and they start talking about the plan. Okay, so what are we going to do? You know, What do we do now? And they start coming up with cover-ups. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that they do is they say, well, let's, we got these Cuban, you know, people involved. Let's tell the FBI who's doing the investigation <laughs> that this is a CIA kind of, and he's kind of specific, like, don't tell him this is a CIA thing. Tell him this has CIA implications with, like, the Bay of Pigs. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, he says, you know, because we got these, that happened just a few years. These before. Cuban guys in, involved, and we got so if we tell you know the FBI or the you know the FBI is doing the investigation, hey, you know this is sensitive, and we don't want to bring up you know this Cuban incident and make an international incident. Uh, maybe they'll just drop it. So he literally, like, that's what he tells them is. Uh, he kind of says something along, this is actually a verbatim quote. It's he says, okay, tell them that the president believes that this is going to open up the whole Bay of Pigs thing again. Don't go any further into this case. Oh, yeah. You can listen to this tape. I listened to this tape, which is funny because you got, I, I must have listened to a shorter clip out of this. When, when he's like, oh, yeah, we can just tell this person and that person and they'll back off. Yeah. Like, it'll be fine. We can we can make this go away. And one of the funny things too is that they start talking. Apparently, they're familiar with some of the FBI people, sure. and, and they said, you know, oh, this guy will probably be involved. And they mentioned the name Mark Felt. Mark Felt will probably yep. be involved, but we can probably get him because he's ambitious and he wants to. So he'll play along. And turns out he's the one. He's the one that, that was leaking told reporters the information. And he started talking to reporters in June of 1972. Yeah. He, so it ha- just a couple it, days yes, after. It was less than a month from the very first time they broke into the Democratic National Convention place. Yep. In the May 28th, it was less than a month that he is talking to reporters for the Washington Post, Bob Woodward, and... Um, Bernstein. Bernstein. I can't find his name on here, though. And the first thing that he tells them was about the book that they found that had this the, the name Howard name. Hunt in it and said, you know, that's a White House name. So the first thing that they know is that there's a connection between one of the burglars and somebody in the White House. And that's it. You know, that's not a lot to go on. But that's the first thing that they tell the reporters. They end up telling them something else a little bit later. So then a little bit later, they also disclose these guys had a bunch of cash on them when they got arrested. They kind of go and trace where the money came from, and it turns out the money that they had in their possession, they got from cashing a cashier's check that was written to the committee to reelect the president. Oh, so, no. So they had... They had a $25,000 donation. <laughs> they cashed that cashier's check. And the, when they cashed that, some of the money from when they cashed that was in these guys' pocket. And it was sequential $100 bills so that they knew that, like, this wasn't, you know, he didn't get it as change at the, you know, grocery store or something. Right. So that got dropped to the press later as well. So there's not much chance that you can start saying, you know, oh, the you know, coincident, coincidence, and and that goes back to here's kind of the theory of how the whole thing started. In fact, there's some of the stuff on the tapes where oh yeah, where they're talking uh, the the committee to reelect the president said, okay, we need to go get information about you know the people we're running against, mm-hmm. and you know we need somebody to come up with a a plan. So they get this guy who. Uh, his name's G. Gordon Liddy. Mm-hmm. He he was a lawyer, but he um, 
comes up with a plan. And his initial plan, it was called like a, a, a million-dollar plan is what John <laughs> Dean called it. And it, the first plan that he came up with, it was, uh, he said he laid out a million-dollar plan that was the most incredible things I ever laid eyes on. It uh, was all in codes, which I think just means he's not saying exactly what yep. uh, he's going to do. It involved black bag operations, which just means going and taking yep. stuff kidnapping, providing prostitutes to weaken the opponent, bugging, and I think it was bugging teams, but you can't really tell what it yeah, might have been It's mugging. really hard to tell what's said on a lot of these tapes. And so, and that's from the March 21st tape of 1973. Yeah, and on that one, what they said is they told them, like, that's too much. You're not getting a million dollars. So then yeah. he came back with a $250,000 oh, Because plan. they said to keep these guys silent, they were going to pay them a mi- each a million dollars. Um, for for some of the bigger names that, that got caught. But. Yes. And um, it was a million dollars a year. Oh, great. Where are my notes? I feel so unprepared. Yeah, sometimes the way we do this, we I know. don't do it very structured. And so you <laughs> bounce around. I bounce notes. around. I can't find where my notes are at the exact moment I'm talking about it. But it ended up being like several million dollars a year just to keep these guys quiet. Yeah, and there's some there's an interesting conspiracy that I want to get into with one of those. So first, uh, let's bring up some of the names that were involved just to kind of track them because yes. there's a, a fellow by the name we mentioned, G. Gordon Liddy. He was yep, he worked Liddy. for the committee to reelect the president. There's Hunt. Yeah, Howard Hunt. E. Howard Hunt. Mm-hmm. He also he I think was ex CIA. And he was on that committee as well. He yeah. was just part of the plumbers. Ah. And then there's a guy by the name of John Mitchell. And he was the attorney general for Nixon until Nixon was running for re-election, at which point he resigned from that to become the head of the uh, committee to re-elect the president. So people kind of pointed to him as he's the one who okayed everything and Put everything into motion. Uh, you got a fellow by the name of John Dean. He was presidential counsel. He's on a lot of the White House tapes. So mm-hmm. he's talking to Nixon a lot. Uh, you've got another White House counsel called John Ehrlichman. And some of these people get convicted uh, later of right. They're not all of the in burglary. Many of, of them the are cover. indicted by September. Yeah, so the early mm-hmm. ones, the September ones, are the people that were kind of involved, and that's uh, Liddy, Liddy and Hunt. Hunt. And there's a mm. couple others, like like all the burglars themselves. Right, which is... There's a, um, a James McCord and a Frank Sturgis. Frank Sturgis, whom I rabbit-holed Frank Sturgis, so we are going to be talking about him more. Good, because there's some good stuff with that. This was the hugest thread of I can't trust the country anymore. It involves, for me... Frank Sturgis. Frank Sturgis and Hunt, but Hunt's a weird one because he, his defense is basically this is what the top people in the country are telling me to do. Like, yeah. what do you want me to do? When the president says, you know, do something, I do something. And, I mean, that's not exactly what he said, but that's pretty much the gist mm-hmm. of his thing. Like, I'm just following orders. If, if they tell me it's okay to break into a place, it's okay to break into a place, is his argument. Yeah. And 
So, yeah, then you have a couple other, there were a couple other burglars. There were, the, like, some Cuban guys, Eugenio uh-huh. Martinez, Virgilio Gonzalez, and they were... And Bernard Barker, yeah. who's not and Cuban. And those guys weren't big players. Those were the hired guns. Yeah. Uh, they were just there, like, okay, we want you to do this, and they do it. But But ask yourself, why are there two Cubans during this time working with, people because frank sturgis is is cia yeah or no yeah okay yeah it's liddy <laughs> that's like, fbi i was like wait a second <laughs> like, yeah why sturgis. are they and i have information about that so later what too. was there oh you, you want to do that one later yeah because it's so much i'm gonna okay. i'm gonna share it for later but so this all happens um starting in june and it gets caught. This becomes news. You know, people find out, but they don't know that there's any connection to Nixon at this point. Yep. And then Nixon starts spreading that, oh, you know, this is, this is Bay of Pigs fiasco type stuff. Anyway, he ends up winning that second term in a landslide. Yep. He wins 520 to 17 against George McGovern. I have to tell you, George McGovern probably went home and cried. And then just give it a year or two, George, because Nixon's going to resign in disgrace soon. But Nixon won 49 out of 50 states. I don't, I, I just, in yep. my lifetime, I've never seen anything like that. Mine is when it's like skin of your teeth, you have to count the votes multiple times. Yeah, but he, he really kind of dominated that oh, yeah. election. And he, I think people were fairly happy that advantage. he was getting, you know, moving out of Vietnam yep. and he was doing some other things. And and honestly, I, I really do think he does a lot of shady things, uh-huh. but his intentions are mostly good. Like he wants good things for the country. He just thinks you have to do crappy things. Yeah. Like I have to be the one in power to do I don't, the things. I, I still think this has a lot to do with ego. Probably. Where he's like, I want everyone to think I'm amazing. I don't even care how I get that. How there, get there could that be because I like that. That definitely seems like it could fit. <laughs> uh, so the smoking gun conversation is the one that you were talking about, yeah, and that so... happens on June twenty third, nineteen seventy two. And so when they end up going through the tapes, which they acquire later, that's the one where they're like, uh oh. And Haldeman, that's the name I was trying to find, is chief of staff. Um they're talking about the night and um this is all over the place i need i need more linear thinking about this so he gets reelected, and january 8th 1973 all five defendants plead guilty as the trial begins um, the, there's two of them that don't so two of them basically pled not guilty and went to trial that's that was lydian mccord yeah. The but, burglars, I think, all... Well, McCord was one of the burglars, but... but Oh. I'm bad today. <laughs> so, McCord was one of the burglars. He pled not guilty, and Liddy pled not guilty, and Liddy was a former lawyer, right. and what they said with him is that he thought he could get him on procedural yeah. problems, you know, that they would, they would make errors and that he could get out of it. But one of the guys who pled guilty was Hunt, mm-hmm. and initially, like... He ended up sending a letter uh, later in in March 
he sends a letter to the judge mm-hmm. and said, I lied under, you know, oh, when I said this. So I think he said this was a CIA operation when he, and he said, yeah, it wasn't a CIA operation, but there were other government people behind it. And he uh, it essentially opened the investigation up at that point. So it was fairly closed. They're like, okay, we got the guys. And then he says, no, like this isn't the whole story. So then they continue looking, you know, in the investigation, they continue looking further uh, because of what he had said. That's McCord. That was McCord. Yeah. And, yeah, there were some other interesting things that kind of went on, uh, you know, kind of during that time. One of the things that I wanted to bring up is there was the wife of John Mitchell, who was the, the head of you know, the committee to reelect the president. She knew uh, James McCord. So when the story broke that James McCord got arrested for breaking into the Watergate, she knew he had a relation with her husband. So she was going to go to the press, and she was on the phone with the press when the phone got disconnected. Somebody yanked the line out of the wall, and they essentially like just kidnapped her for a couple days. Oh, and, no. and the story was corroborated later by people, but I, I don't think it, my assumption is like nobody really believed her at the time. Yeah. And that she just kind of gave up on it. But she was about to tell the press that, you know, her husband knew this guy and essentially got silenced. And this oh. was this was a more complex issue than, of course, like I told you, I thought I obviously missed. There's a lot of holes in what I studied, but I was talking to my mom and I was like, what was this like for you? Because at this time, she's like 20, you know, and she's like, I I just didn't believe it. She's like, I couldn't ever believe that a president of our United States would deceive people. And I just thought, I feel like that's all we think now, you know? <laughs> I thought the same thing when I was at it. Like, for me, it was like Clinton thing. Yeah. He goes under oh, oath he and he says, you know, never. No Never. way. No this way. all lies. And I was like, no president yeah. would ever disrespect the rule of you know, mm-hmm. law to that degree. So I believed him. Oh, yeah. Like, you would not go perjure yourself if you were the president of the United States. No, that'd be that so is, stupid. That would mean the whole system <laughs> is worthless. And, and I so, and, yeah, and when it, I found out. That was, was like, the was whole so world yeah. back in 1972. <laughs> yeah. And, and nobody can believe it. And the only thing that really got. Nixon was that on that June 23rd tape where mm-hmm. he was saying, okay, let's tell them it's a CIA operation yes. and let's, you know, mislead them and just get them to stop the investigation. And because this keeps coming back to this, I'm just going to jump ahead and say in July of 1974, the Supreme Court orders the tapes to be released. So when this happens, the Judiciary Committee then says, oh, we are going to impeach this president. So he resigns on August 9th. So that is what eventually leads to the snowball of him resigning because they have opened impeachment against him. Yep. 
So I don't know if there's something you want to add in between, but I wanted to just, I can't get a good linear take on this story. It drives me crazy. Um, but in 19, so this is already turning into a bit of a quagmire in 1973. But then his running mate, Spiro Agnew, he ends up getting in trouble for felony tax evasion charges in October of 1973. And he was replaced with Gerald Ford. And as I go on, I'm like, this feels like this was like, people are starting to get uncertain. And so he's like, let me just throw this guy to the wolves. Like, let me do this. Well, so Spiro Agnew, I think, resigned. He did. And then Gerald Ford that came on, because he, the way he came on, he is the only uh, vice president president that was never elected. elected. And I just thought that was really interesting because it, it never even really occurred to me. Like, I had mm-hmm. heard that Spiro Agnew had resigned, but I never put the pieces together that Gerald Ford, that became the vice president, was never elected by anybody for anybody. that position. Mm-mm. Fascinating. Uh, and I thought that was pretty interesting. And, and I really do wonder, I, I didn't find anything... Like kind of fishy on that, but my first thought when I saw the timeline on that was uh-huh. that seems like a setup, you know, like yeah. okay, let's get this guy out and we'll put a good guy, you know, Gerald Ford in there. People like Gerald, and, and yeah, we'll put him in there to to help us out and potentially even to be like, okay, this is the guy that's going to take over. But I think at the time in in seventy three, I still think they didn't think anything was going to happen, right. And in in 74, in July, when the Judiciary Committee of the House voted to begin impeachment against Nixon, they said it was for obstruction of justice. And then the next, like two days later, they're like abuse of power. But later, they had some rejected ones of usurping congressional war powers and tax so they, the they were trying to power shove seems that ridiculous to me because like to he inherited too. the the war like he didn't start it well don't forget they had given the gulf of tonkin resolution shoved, he shoved that in he wanted the end of the war so bad that he strong-armed vietnam and it ended up being really bad for vietnam well, so that's I a good one because let's talk about that for a second yeah because that was in some of the tapes, you know, when I was yeah. reading through the transcript and they're talking about bugging, you know, people, Nixon literally says, you know, like everybody does this. They did this to me in 68 and they did it to me in 62. And Who's they? Uh, so it, they, at the That's time, the government? was LBJ. Oh my gosh. And, and that, so. And you, and you know LBJ, you can't put it past him. He's oh, so ridiculous. In the church committee, they basically confirm, like, now, clarify to everybody what this. church committee is, because it's somebody's so, last name, but it does, it does seem a little bit confusing. <laughs> it does. The church committee said. The church committee, <laughs> the you know, all the... All you the know, religious folks of the world. Got together, and on Sunday, they <laughs> voted in. But what the, uh, there was a Democrat named Frank Church, yep. and so what had happened was they the Senate decided, hey, we need to look into the misuse of power. Yes. And so they put a committee together. It was headed by Frank Church, so it was called the Church Committee. So when we say Church Committee, this is a Senate committee. Yes. That, uh, there were like seven or eight people that were looking into the abuses by 
mostly by the intelligence agencies. Yes. I I think they called them also the water, the, no, that was the people they ran. I am busted today. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I can't, I feel pretty prepared. I feel pretty prepared. I'm not. Like, I'm like, everything's coming out through a strainer in my brain today. But yeah, the the church committee confirmed that people have been doing this. And and some of the worst times, they said, were basically like early 60s. And and, and then some of the stuff even in the late 60s. But there was another hearing that happened in like 65 about uh, FBI abuses. Yeah. And so in 66, the FBI tried to curtail some of that. So it might, but in 68, and this is where... The, the story where you say, oh, Nixon went and talked to Vietnam. Yeah. The reason that they know that is because they were bugging oh. Nixon. <laughs> the reason that they know that. Well, how do you make it all the way to Vietnam and nobody knows anyway? Like, well, I don't think he went to Vietnam, to but he was just talking oh. to the people. And so I think it was like phone calls and he's talking to people. imagine and Joe they, Schmo down the street who ran for Senate is like, Hey, I speak for the country. <laughs> I think it, it, in my head, like I put together, like the way that it worked for me is that he's like convincing them, "Hey, back off! I'm going to become yes. president, and uh-huh. when I become president, you're going to get a much better deal." That's what I That's thought as way, well. However, they did not get a they better did not deal, get a better deal, which is why I wonder why they tried to put in the the war issue with him. As I bet they were saying, you just because. I just think it was one badly. of those political sort of things where they're like, because they do this a lot even just in criminal sort of things, is, is you throw as much as you can at the person. Yes, it's regardless. true. And but I would do that. I am 100% <laughs> sure that there is a lot more going on politically than just, oh, we're going to be good people and investigate, you know, the intelligence yes. agencies and Nixon. Well, because, even today they play it so. Oh, that's, so that's why I think, because mm-hmm. my initial, when I first was learning of all this stuff i'm thinking oh the good guys are doing an investigation sort of thing and now i think they're probably just as shady it's just their time to it's just their time to shine to shine you know they're the ones not in the spotlight doing the crappy things this time by the way i finally came across in my notes how much people were paid and it was each of them got one million dollars every month 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 so it's 60 million dollars a year in hush money So, so that was astonishing i'm sorry i have several several pages of notes here they're just that go, that, that segs into one another conspiracy thing that i wanted yeah. to bring up because this is one of those ones that where just the timing seems really strange uh-huh. so in december 8th 1972 okay dorothy hunt who is the wife of uh, howard. howard hunt mm-hmm. who is currently under arrest and in jail for burglary is flying to Chicago with a reporter carrying $10,000 in $100 bills and her plane crashes. <gasps> and she th- die? And she died. Oh no. And the money that she had was money to pay for Howard. It, it was hush money it was it not hush money it was to pay for his legal defenses is what it really was is what they say you know like, well why did her plane go down nobody in nobody knows but the weird thing 
is the uh, NTSB, National Transportation Safety Board. The head of the NTSB wrote a letter to the FBI saying, I don't know what's going on here, but your FBI agents are acting strange. They have never done any of the things they did with this crash. They showed up within like oh, 40 no. minutes. There were 50 of them. <gasps> they they were the first people to go to the air traffic control and, oh, and get no. the tapes of what happened. They, they interviewed witnesses, and he says, they never do any of this stuff. What's going on? And the head of the FBI is like, Nothing went, you know, nothing at all is going There's on. There's no recording device in my yeah. office, so nothing. And it was really kind of interesting because... I wonder if this is why he had a manual recorder in the cabinet office. And, <laughs> and that, that's the thing is I really think, like... Three days or a month ahead of this, does he say, let's have a meeting in the cabinet office? I Nope. <laughs> but here's a quote from Nixon. And he's saying... Oh, you know, no. this is when this is when they're talking about paying money out to him. Is well, his is a simple case. Well, I don't think they're talking about paying money. They're talking about whether or not people are going to end up, you know, flipping on him or you know, talking more. So he says, "Hunts is a simple case. I mean, uh, after all, the man's wife is dead, was killed. He's got one child that has brain damage from an, but he, I don't know, said was killed if was killed." means anything more than is dead but it's one of those things that you read and with the conspiracy oh, stuff it's hard not to it's hard not it's to. hard not to when all of these laces yeah overlap each other and i was you know reading around why everyone thought this was a big idea the big deal um but when back to the money the hush money which by the way shouldn't exist if this was a, not a big deal if they didn't want to to hide something they wouldn't have had to do it but the money was coming from overseas banks using campaign donations yeah. they would transfer the money from bank to bank to bank to bank to bank to bank to bank and then overseas and then so nobody would notice where it was going and you want to hear some other fun quotes that they talked about that? <laughs> yes. And, yes, and I, don't, I do. I didn't put down these exact quotes, but it was <laughs> one of those things when I'm reading through the transcripts of in the White House, they're basically saying, we don't know how to do this. We don't know how to launder money. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, it's too bad we're not the Kennedys. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, and they even, there was a, like, can you imagine what he would do with this money? And and that's not even the, like, there's so many things that you pick out of the tapes. That you're like, oh, yeah. It, one of which includes that they hired a special prosecutor to look into the case. So they hire a special prosecutor to um, try and stop the investigation. And then they try and get another guy to try and stop that guy because of, the stopping of the so investigation. this is one where I feel like I don't know for sure what's going on because I was looking into that and the, the first prosecutor's name was Archibald Cox. Yeah. And he was the special prosecutor they brought in. And the article that I read said that Nixon brought him in. Yep. And when I started doing more research, that's not what happened. No, well, he... maybe that's not what happened. Yeah. But uh, Archibald Cox used to work for Kennedy. Oh, no. And he... He worked for JFK, and he worked for Ted Kennedy. Oh, no. And and the 
like the Nixon side. They're both dead by now, aren't they not? Well, I don't remember if um, Ted Kennedy was. But he may have worked also for LBJ, but he worked, I think, for uh, JFK. Oh, no. Ted Kennedy's the one that was alive. And died in 2009. And and so what had happened when you're talking about, okay, they wanted to get Nixon's tapes. So Archibald Cox says, okay, we need to get the tapes. And and if you just look at, like, the news story, that's all they tell you in the news story. Well, apparently Nixon was like, I don't want to give you the tapes, but I'll have this Democrat from, I can't remember where he's from, like Mississippi, you know, somewhere somewhere down south. I'll have, I'll, I'll run everything through him. He'll make sure that you get the information you need. And they're like, nope, nope, no No, because no, nobody tries, like, that's terrible. And so, so then... Uh, Nixon goes and says, okay, I want you to get rid of this Archibald Cox guy. Yep. And, the, and the guy's like, I'm not going to do it. I, I resign. And he fired him. And then so the first guy, guy resigned. Oh, the second the guy second he guy fired. fired. So the second guy says, okay, fire this guy. He says, I'm not going to. Okay, well, then you're fired. And the third guy finally fired the guy, and then they brought in a different guy. Isn't that insane? And That's insane. It is insane. And the only reason the tapes really got released was because the public – outrage was getting was starting to grow you know and mm-hmm. he's like you can you can potentially fight it but you're still gonna so he had fired everybody in one night this yeah. happened in one night it was a saturday saturday night <laughs> massacre uh-huh. and so in the next day or or so people noticed congress noticed and that is why they got the obstruction of justice charge because they were they were really upset that you would try to do well and i i also think that some of that too was from that on that june 23rd tape where he's like okay tell them it's a you know cia bay of pigs thing yeah but he doesn't have the tapes by now does he oh no well actually when they did the impeachment i think they had the tape so the impeachment was in 74 three (laughs) i am (laughs) i i need a better a better system today it was but it was pretty crazy. Like Way the whole crazy. thing was was pretty crazy. And before we get into some of the other stuff, because I wanted to talk about like church committee stuff. Oh yeah, I do because uh, well. I have something about Spiro Agnew. Oh, let's do that before we do the church committee. But I also one thing that I wanted to bring up too before, just because I this is one of those you know conspiracy related things. Yeah. Howard Hunt uh-huh. basically came out and said. Yeah, JFK was killed by LBJ. I know! And the people who did it were, and he throws out four names, and one of them is Frank Sturgis. This is the hole I went down. Yeah. This is the hole that I went down because they have so much information about I We're just going down this hole. Let's you do guys. it. We're going down. Um, they have so much information about him because they did a deposition with him. And when they did, when they depositioned him, I mean, there's some serious freaking lies that come out of this man's mouth but it is so fascinating okay okay here we go <laughs> put your tinfoil hats, tin hats on everybody just one layer though because i think there's a lot of evidence here um so frank sturgis who later changes his name because he doesn't want to be associated with it he served 14 months in federal prison and he had a very aggressively colorful past okay so in 1958, he's working with Castro in Cuba, 
And there's apparently a picture of him standing on a mass grave of 71 bodies in it from who were opponents of Castro. And he's standing there with his gun <laughs> uh, at the top of this mass grave. Okay. So he is not a good guy. Right. Castro, after he gets into power, puts him in charge of the casinos and the luxury hotels, which I think we talked about for just a second. I just don't think I really knew who Frank Sturgis was at the time. So then Frank has an affair with uh, Marita Lorenz, okay, who was also having an affair with Fidel Castro. (laughs) So she turns. So what happens with her and Fidel is she's 19 years old. She comes over. She's on some sort of ship. They meet. She's he starts dating her and she moves in with Castro and gets pregnant. Okay. At seven months, she is kidnapped, drugged, and wakes up with no baby. Yes! Whoa. I know. Like, my mind was like, what? This is why I went down this hole, is I was like, what's happening? So then Sturgis comes up to Marita and says, I want you to help me kill Castro. And she's like, okay, because of the baby incident, right? So she gives, he gives her poison pills that she's supposed to put in his food. But she doesn't. She chickens out and she's like, I couldn't do it. I still love him. And I'm like, is this a movie? Like, what is happening here? So she then gets in a relationship with Venezuela's dictator, Marcos Jimenez, and becomes pregnant with his kid. <laughs> And I was like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And this is <laughs> this is where another thread comes. So this this leads away from Watergate, but comes into an entirely different thing. Because she says that she was at a meeting with Frank Sturgis and Howard Hunt. Remember Howard Hunt? The CIA head in Miami right before the JFK assassination. Okay? So... Sturgis is like, nah, I wasn't there. <laughs> Even though there are multiple people who are like, oh yeah, Sturgis was there. But he's like, no, I wasn't. <laughs> so Lorenz tells reporter tells reporters that she met Lee Harvey Oswald in 1963 at a safe house in Miami. Okay, this is why every you might need a couple tinfoil hats. Like <laughs> we're hitting we're hitting points here, but I am reading this information they have the documents up on the archives that that have his deposition in them so some of this with about her is not super um reliable because it's from like spartacuseducation.com like i and i don't know what that site is you know but so so take this part with a grain of salt take the sturges stuff a little bit because it's in his own, <laughs> it's in his own deposition, um, which of course we've learned can be fake. <laughs> so, no, because they're under oath. They're under oath. Why in the world would anybody lie? But she met him again right before the Kennedy assassination in 1963 in a house, uh, in the house of Orlando Bosch. Frank Sturgis was there along with. Pedro Luis Diaz Lanz and two other Cubans. Two other Cubans, you say? 
<laughs> and, she, and she said they were studying the street maps of Dallas. And, you know, Sturgis, of course, denies. Although he did say, so Sturgis says, but I think that Oswald was working with Cuban intelligence. And I think you're a five-year-old that took candy and are blaming it on your brother. Like, this is so ridiculous. There's some funny stuff in there because he's also been married three times. And they're like, what's your first wife's name? And he's like, I don't know. What's her last name? I don't know. He doesn't know his first wife's first or last name. And I'm like, either he's lying or he's just a jerk. <laughs> but James, Jim Buchanan verified that Sturgis was in Miami the day Kennedy was shot. Bernard Baker, whom Sturgis knew to be a CIA, CIA officer. And this is, in, this is in the documents. So Bernard Baker, who was a CIA officer, asked Sturgis to do a domestic assassination. And he's like, sure. <laughs> but then it never panned out. And he never told him who the victim was. Well, that's interesting because you want to hear another uh, Wait, assassination attempt? One more piece of information and then absolutely I do. <laughs> he admitted later to being in Miami when JFK was shot. And he passed a lie detector to that effect, which means he, he was there. He was there. He was there. Go ahead and tell me who else had an assassination so attempt. This or, guy was one that you might be like, yeah, it's fine that they went after him. His name was George Wallace, uh-huh. and he was uh, from Alabama, and he's like the governor, and he's like hardcore racist segregationalist guy. Mm. And he had run-ins with like JFK about keeping black people out of schools and stuff like that. Uh, he was really just not... A good Just guy, gross. although they they said that like later in his life he changed and was pretty oh, good. You know, sorry for the you know what he had done and whatever. But uh, Nixon didn't like him. JFK and LBJ didn't like him. And in May of 1972, somebody tried to assassinate George Wallace. And it wasn't George. It wasn't Frank Sturgis. <laughs> no, it was actually a man by the name of Arthur Bremer. Oh no! And I've Nixon heard that is name. on tape when they have the assassination going. I hope that guy doesn't have ties, you know, to you know the Republican Party, or even worse, the President's Re-Election Committee. Oh, no. <laughs> Turns out. <laughs> oh no! So. Uh, John Mitchell had, you know, one of the other guys that I think got arrested in, I think he was, I don't, maybe he didn't get arrested. He might have been a lawyer. His name was Charles Colson. Charles Colson uh, met with Arthur Bremer four days before the assassination. Also before the assassination, G. Gordon Liddy was seen talking to Bremer before the assassination as well. Although, it's somebody who looked like G. Gordon Liddy. Oh, like, nobody knows who it was. But somebody who you looked know like all G. The Gordon Liddy was seen talking the to the guy who attempted to assassinate George Wallace and Charles Colson, who I think was on that president's you know, re-election committee, uh, was talked to him four days before the assassination attempt. That's crazy. All of this is crazy. It is crazy. 
It makes me think of the, I went to the spy museum in Washington, D.C., and they have, like, the, the secret compartment in the bottom of the shoe and, like, the, the gun that's made out of a, an umbrella. Did they have, there was a really <laughs> cool it. one in the Cold War where, where the Russians gave, like, the U.S., uh, a, I think it was a clock. A Trojan War clock. <laughs> yeah. It, so this was, there was no electronics. It used acoustics in the clock, so it was kind of a thick wooden thing. Uh-huh. It had these acoustics in it that would run the sound down to this vibrating metal pin no that they could way. then pick up the frequency and get the, and they didn't, they couldn't find it. You know, it took them years before they realized it was there because they couldn't tell you know like there was nothing to indicate if we did it i would be so proud but i'm so well some of the horrified. stuff that we did was pretty <laughs> ingenious as well but this one was really cool because there was like not a real way to detect yeah, it unless you open up the no scanner clock you and know, you, like, who opens up a clock so yeah they didn't find it for for years and it was in some museum somewhere but i thought that was actually a pretty pretty ingenious way to spy on people Another thing that I wanted to talk about, too, was like the church committee yep. stuff, because I did some looking into that. And and honestly, I kind of thought it was going to be worse than it ended up being. Like Basically, what had happened was it wasn't just Watergate, but Watergate was one of the things um, that, that kind of triggered it. There were several things that triggered this. There was also some uh, an FBI office got broken into, and some people found some stuff that looked kind of questionable they're mm-hmm. like you know what are you guys doing and they won't say anything well so, they were in charge of investigating foreign and domestic intelligence intelligence gathering activity yeah mm-hmm. so what they ended up doing is they put out this report that would come out in i think 75 let me see if i got it on my notes here it was it was 75 and they come out with this report and it is uh 987 pages Oh, the report, I think, The report itself is 987 pages. pages. And they go through and talk about some of the things. And and it really sounds... Oh, they even have a case study for Martin Luther King. Yep. (gasps) So Martin Luther King was heavily targeted. And that one I already knew because I had done some looking into, like, that. And there's a lot of stuff that... It was a very hostile time. I can only imagine probably more people than could be He was getting funding from the Communist Party. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and you don't know, like, are they just funding, you know, like, they could be funding anybody for any reason. That's not necessarily because he's a communist, but I'm pretty sure he had, like, he, he said a lot of, like, communist sort of things. But they also, so they had, like, a specific section for that. They have one called Cointel Pro, which is counterintelligence program. Right. And this is the one with the. So, so this one, they. Groups. They, they talk about the different groups. Mm-hmm. So this is where they said five groups in the Communist Party, Socialist Workers Party, white hate groups, black nationalist hate groups, and the, the new left, which they couldn't oh, really God. define. The new left now, guys. Yeah. And, and <laughs> they to just me, put it out there themselves on TikTok. <laughs> yeah. But but I think now, like, the as far as, like, intelligence sort of things, it's the alt-right or the new right or whatever they yeah. call them, people like that. that they, they've kind of switched places, and it's just kind of a generic term they use for the extreme extremist mm-hmm. so, sort of people, which, remember, there's a, bombings and Molotovs and, you know, there's oh, yeah. all sorts of stuff going on around this time all around the country. 
And and that's one of the things that when you read through, and they actually, I thought, did a pretty good job of considering both sides. You know, like they talked to the like FBI agents and they talked to a bunch of people, you know, involved, and they're getting information saying, you know, hey, we're just, this is what we're trying to do, and these are the means we have to do it. And essentially the FBI argument is, well, there's no laws or statutes that stop us from doing this. So we do, you know, whatever we want, essentially. And some of the things that they did involve, uh, they they essentially would go, like Watergate, they would break into people's houses, put mm-hmm. illegal wiretaps, uh, take people's stuff or photograph people's stuff. They would do a lot of things like that. They also did some other sort of shady things where they would uh, um, mail anonymous letters to people's spouses saying, oh, you guys you know, cheating on you. Oh. And they would try and uh, blackmail or break up people's <laughs> families. For, they'd plant Holy news cow. stories. I mean, I don't know what to think about this. Because I think, oh, if I was in charge, of course I would be so creative and come up with so many yeah. things. But, whoa, that can There's get out of hand of so fast. It can, and that's the problem, is some of the stuff seems totally legit, because they go in, and, and they're pretty clear in the the document. You want to know why the KKK is gone? Because of what they did. Yep. They used a, a lot of these tactics. They, they uh, broke into some of their offices and took their documents and figured out who was all involved and figured out where money was, you know, coming from, and uh, they were able to disrupt mm-hmm. stuff like the KKK because of these activities. They found plots where one of the black nationalist groups was like, we can kill 500 people in Congress if we can get people in They uh, at, at one of their like fundraising sort of events at one of the dinners. Yeah. You know, we can poison the dinner sort of thing. And you don't, you know, they're finding some of this stuff out because they're doing some pretty sketchy and, and sort what of do you things. do like yeah. how i don't know where the line would be because absolutely i would be like yeah if they're planning to kill 500 people you listen to every phone call and yeah. you'd be there and and that's the problem because uh, like initially i was pretty upset and i start reading through some of the stuff because it is always one yeah. of the things like to me government overstepping their you know bounds it can be really scary because they can do a lot of you know crazy things but they're saying, you know, a lot of the stuff that they did, the the reasons that they were doing it, kind of seemed somewhat legit. Yeah. But one of the things that I think they tried to do because of this report was, all right, let's, you know, go back to the process. You want a phone tap? Fine. Get a warrant. Here's what you got to do to, you know. And they started, I think, doing more of the process, the process. which I, you the know, red tape. Hopefully, you know, that sort of thing is, is still kind of happening. It's but... but when it becomes so many of these big things, like that, that's very intense. Yeah. Especially they... when you cross over. Because I was trying to explain what a slippery slope was to my kids this morning. <laughs> and I feel like this is a slippery slope. Like, a, yeah, you can justify things for a while, but then it gets too steep and you just go. Just like, I mean... I always thought the people who thought the Kennedy assassination was like a big old complex thing was were the crazy garbage. Yeah. But the more I read, I'm like, oh my word, 
like I can see why people connect these things in these ways. Like, uh, especially after learning about Frank Sturgis, like, (laughs) I'm sorry. Like he's just, and to his own admission and they have like letters that, that people have sent people and you read those letters. I really, one of the reasons I feel like I am unprepared today is because I just got lost in all of the documents because they're on the archives. They're, they're like Nixon has his own website. Yeah. The Nixon library. The Nixon library. And so you're like just reading all this stuff. And so it's not getting put in the right order in my brain, but I'm like, Oh my gosh. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And you could go down this hole forever because there's so much documentation. And what I was going to say about Spiro Agnew is that they have a letter that says that he, because he was, he was in trouble and he was being um, like his tax issue. And so they, they had the judge calls up and says, I think I'm being like recorded. I think that they have listening equipment in here. And they did yeah, as I say, that they have instances that they talk about where judges, yeah. uh, people running for Congress, other things like that, had either listening devices or they would go get their IRS, you know, tax records so that they could look into, yeah. you know, where they're getting their money money from, and they did that uh, a lot. You know, there's there's whole sections on they had illegal programs to go in and open up mail. Oh, yeah. So, and, and they even talk with some of this. They're like, nobody knew this, that this was happening. President didn't know. Postmaster General didn't know. You know, the, the people that are doing no, this. No, because you, if you're being, you yeah. know, under the radar, you can't announce to everybody. And, I, and if I, you announce to everybody, then they go find another way to spread their information. And, and when I say, like, I don't think Nixon knew what was going on with some of that stuff, That what I think is you have the top-level order of, I want you to go get me information on and that's that. just how they and then you just to do it. you just leave it at that because there were instances where they talked about that in the church committee where one of the I mean it was for something totally different it was an IRS agent who was having people break into people's houses and stuff like and he but, said oh, I didn't have them break into houses in fact I told them you know no mm-hmm. no breaking into houses and they broke into the house anyway but all I told them was go get this information. Well, in 78, Nixon published his memoirs to explain Watergate. I didn't read that. Maybe I should. I didn't either. (laughs) Maybe all of it's garbage. But that's the problem. Like, I Mm. really do wonder. Part of me thinks there's no way to get up there without being some level of corrupt, dirty, and corrupt. Well, when you look at, like, the Clinton story. Yeah. And you're like, whoa. When people have power and they feel like people should submit to that power and when they don't they they do stuff and they, there's some weird stuff too that, oh yeah like there was just a guy recently that was involved with the clintons that they they found mm-hmm. they're like oh he killed himself and they found his body he was strung up to a tree with uh an electrical cord and he had a shotgun blast and they found a shotgun 30 feet away from the guy they're like that's a suicide oh it's it's insane. And, it, you know, I, I don't want to be one of these people. But it really is hard to look at this information and not turn into one of these people. Because because <laughs> of those broken threads. Like, yeah. everything that's stitched together is coming apart. And it's kind of ruining me. 
I kind See, of maybe like this ignorance. was a mistake because part of me is like, welcome to the dark side. You know, like this is the way that I think with a lot of like, once you start looking into some of this stuff, oh, yeah. there's a lot of crazy stuff yeah. going on. And, and, and you know that it's not just, you know, United States, you know. Like, well, of course not, because Russia fact, exists. I was going to say, you, you can <laughs> hear some China. crazy stories about, like, Russia, and, like, one of the worst was, like, Saddam Hussein, that, and, and I think, okay, yeah, what we do over here maybe isn't nearly as bad. Well, it, it's not, but it is that moment where you, you sit, and I don't know that I ever had a whole ton of trust. I always knew there was, like, an element of secrecy that needed to happen, because yeah, I, which is one of the things actually Nixon says when he when he doesn't want to release the tapes is is he's like, I don't think it's a good idea, you know, if everybody knows they're being recorded and this information could come out, like nobody's going to say anything, you know, yeah. and you want them, you know, you want somebody to be like, maybe we need to nuke these guys. Yeah. And if nobody will be willing to say that because they know that it'll come back against them, you might lose that. So they say, look, some of this stuff you don't want people to know. You don't want people to know mm-hmm. how potentially, you know, dangerous things are. Well, and and I truly I agree, somewhat. Somewhat. I believe that you don't. I mean, look at the morons that exist right now. You <laughs> tell them something, and everybody's peeing their pants all over the streets, and you're like, "What? That was a horrible analogy, by the way." <laughs> Everybody's peeing themselves all over the streets as they do, and they're putting it on TikTok to tell, show everyone how distressed they are. But it's like, it's like, truthfully, I I can see a sliver of the element of these guys can't handle it. Like in the in the movie, you can't handle the you truth. Can't handle you can't the handle truth. it, and the truth is, the mass population probably couldn't handle it. And but at the same time, there was a really great definition someone gave of the word meek being meek and he was like being meek is not being a wuss being a meek is having the capability of being massive and strong and not using that in certain situations and I was like I think there could be a, a the government needs more meekness yeah in these kind of scenarios where it's like you can but, but you shouldn't. And, and I'll, I would bet you too, and I say this as somebody who's pretty far on the crazy train, <laughs> you know, like, I, I bet the government is does a lot better job than a lot of the crazy yes. people think. You know, it's true. They, they show a lot of restraint in a lot of cases, even though certain times you see, you know, yeah, they bugged, you know, like, like Martin Luther King sort of thing. Yeah. And, you know, some of the things they did with him, like, that is terrible, but you compare it to well, you had all of other countries and stuff like Panther that. Group, and and it says here on page page 185, the Black Panther Party, um, the covert stuff that was going on with there. Yep. Like, the, I imagine they wanted to know if there was a connection because that man could stand in front of thousands, tens of thousands of people and get them you know, all yeah. riled up and inspired, which turned out to be a good thing, but they probably needed to know if it was going to be a bad thing. And you don't know, you yeah. know, like, because 
somebody could essentially use that energy and those people in a we've seen it yeah january 6th it it happens it happens and so and i think it's actually really easy to happen like that's what i think mob mentality mob mentality Mm -hmm. i don't i i think it's pretty crazy like i feel kind of bad because i'll bet 99 percent of those january 6 people who went there are just like I want to show that I'm upset. Yes. I want people to I, know they were probably and then all of a sudden the country. The next thing you you know, you oh, know, like the get things get out of control, and you're like, oh, people are going here. I'm going in there, and and it's the same thing, you know, like the Black Lives Matter stuff. Like most of those people are just normal people out. You know, I want to show that I'm upset, and then the next thing you know, there's you yeah, know, burned down buildings and. There was a video of a guy at January 6th who goes up to a police officer and says, they're trying to break into this building. Are you guys not going to stop this? What are you guys doing? And they just stood there. And I'm not saying that there was a big conspiracy, but... But, Put on a tinfoil hat because... Oh, you don't need to because I could tell you some <laughs> stories. So you finish I yours. watched the congressional people interview a woman who was in charge of FBI or CIA or something and they said do you know this guy and she's like I don't know what you're talking about and she's they're like this this guy whose name I can't pull out of thin air I can't even pull out of stuff on my notes and she's like I, uh, okay and they're like he works for the CIA and he is here And he is going around. They have videotape of him going around telling everybody that they need to break in to the Capitol building. And he's sitting there. He's like, let's go in. Let's go in. Let's break in. We got to do this. And then he goes over to another group. And he says it to the other group. And it is this guy, this CIA guy, who is the one going around telling everyone to do it. And the CIA lady's like, "Uh, I know what you're talking. I know what you're talking about. But no, I don't. I don't know anything about that. I know what you're talking about, but I don't, I I don't know like, anything about that. Oh, no. Like, oh, no. Oh, no. Did you guys actually be the insiders of this situation to incite this extra riot of these people who are obviously very weak-minded when it comes to being willing to, you know, so, get excited? So in the Martin Luther King days, oh, no. what they would do is they would, they would go, you know, Martin Luther King tried to promote peaceful protests and yep. whatever else they would go uh pay people to do unpeaceful things so that they could unleash the dogs on people. <gasps> oh no this is all documented stuff and, and and i and i think and it is not the only time the fbi has done stuff like this all the time where they go and essentially uh convince somebody to commit a crime and then they go yep we got him <laughs> and everybody's like well he wasn't going to do anything till you told you know you convinced them like Lee Harvey Oswald, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. And, and there's a lot of that sort of Ugh. thing that that it goes on. And they mention it even in, in stuff like the church committee, you know, reports where they talk about uh, you, you use informants to go uh, incite, in you know, mobs, essentially. And yeah. A lot of the stuff that they brought up in that report was a lot more uh, minor. Like they would just have, you know, all right, you go to this rally and then, you know, you ask these sort of questions and bring up these issues and that'll get people, you know, riled up, riled up and, and, and they would do like, these are just normal things that they've done for a long time. 
and I really do, I'm really curious. They said that they gave, like, Tucker Carlson all the tapes for the January 6th sort of thing, and I really wonder if something is going to come out where they do say, okay, now we got the the Watergate tapes here. You know, we know yeah. you guys were involved. We know. Well, that's what I feel like was kind of coming out of that hearing. Yeah. Is I was like, I, because they had not 100% control of all of the cell phones that were there yeah. taking video. Oh. And there's <laughs> been other instances, too, where they've caught people at, essentially doing that, and they, they, they've caught people dressing up. They did it. Um, the, the funniest one that I saw... I wish I could remember, like, all the details, but there was, like, a a Charleston rally several years ago where some, like, white supremacist people, and they uh, were dressed, like, a certain way and were, like, chanting something. Well, there was somebody took a a photograph of people who were dressed that way and said, look, they're back, they're doing this, and one of the guys was a black guy, and they're like, that doesn't make a lot of sense that he'd be at this white supremacist rally. <laughs> and and then they, like, tracked down the people, and it was all fake. And they're like, well, we just didn't want people to forget. You know, like, we wanted people to remember there's bad people out there. And like, okay. Do you remember, like, in Ukraine, <laughs> there was um, this thing where they couldn't trust anything in Ukraine, in Russia. Russia's got on and Vladimir Putin is talking and so I'm only watching it interpreted because I don't speak Russian and he's like well you guys all know that Ukraine has done this before this is fake Ukraine is putting on this war to show that and and blame it on us because Ukraine legit did that earlier like (laughs) decades earlier they blew up an area and were like look what the Russians did to get everybody yeah. mad. And, that, I was and, like, and that's oh. the sort of thing. Like that, that is not the only instance of that happening. And no that's why when people bring up things like 9-11, there are people who believe yeah. it because they know people have done this sort of thing. You know, we know the Germans had the Reichstag fire. The U.S. got caught doing something with uh, with that in, in like the early 60s. They had like Operation Northwoods or something. And they were like, okay, we're going to you know, have this incident where we make it look like the Cubans came and, you know, attacked these people. Oh, and I'm like... And the Bay of Pigs. Yeah, and, and like, all this stuff is, it, it was, was faked, you know, like yeah. with the Bay of Pigs, we're like painting our planes like Cuban planes, so yeah. we'd be like, oh, look what the Cubans did. Oh, yeah. And, and everybody's the... like, yeah, but that's shaped like your plane. Oh, okay, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> well, and Hunt's wife's plane... Yeah. ...who's all of a sudden down, and, and it... I. <laughs> jeepers like but at the same time i do wonder if what better way is this like if you're doing it to cover your butt of course that's terrible but i mean yeah I you don't, don't know, know. And, and, and but one of the problems with that is when you don't know they can say whatever they want to yeah you, it's you know true. like oh it's this true. is we're fighting the terrorists so of course we're gonna listen to every single phone call you guys make you know of course we're gonna do this we're fighting terrorists. You yeah. don't want terrorists to win. It's true. So you worry that, you know, that without knowing what they're doing, they could either be essentially saving the world from, you know, utter catastrophe, or they could be uh, oppressing the world in a way never weakness. seen before. And you don't the know power which, and which it is. power and needing to use it in an appropriate way. Wield your power appropriately. 
because yeah. they have those huge centers that I have driven past that that are information collection data centers yep. that take, that listen to whatever phone calls they want and listen read whatever emails they want and it's out in the open we know it's there yep. and it's huge and, and then it's the sort of thing like they talk about you know we're, we just did you know watergate and we're talking yeah. about oh they broke in they're listening to this stuff and doing whatever and and your alexa in your house is doing the yeah, same thing I, well they don't have to break into your house anymore <laughs> that's the only difference the they only difference is they don't break history. into your house yeah. they just electronically break in and they can you know they can get onto your computers they can get oh, yeah. onto whatever like nothing you have is yours you know nothing uh-huh. is safe from what they can do yeah. what they always talk about is like security through obscurity is there's so many people like why oh, would yeah. they be going Who's out listening, and listening to, to some schlub you yeah. know like they need some reason or else they don't have the time to but if it collects the data they can go find yeah it. and and now mm-hmm. what they talk about too is okay now bring ai into it oh heaven and so now the ai can go in we're gonna have to have all of our conversations in person and everything <laughs> not near your alexa that's right or your cell phone because if you have hey google or if you have cortana or all these different ai systems that alexa and talk in your house they they listen at all, all the times because time, they have because they're listening for their name yep and so everything you and when you when we got our alexa at first i was like hey alexa are you listening and it was like go to our website. And then it, <laughs> I, like, I can't answer that. You know, and I was like, Oh my gosh, it was really funny, but I don't know. Alexa probably hears me yell at my kids a lot, but there's, there's so many more fart jokes that happen in my house too, that Alexa knows. And none of the public knows. Other nope, than they, that. they will now. Cause now Alexa fart will be jokes. able to be like, Oh, here's some good fart jokes. I heard she does fart jokes and oh, she makes fart sounds. <laughs> So when we get my five-year-old and my five-year-old's like, Alexa, do a fart sound. Like, it's, it's really classy over here. But there's really... I want to know who programmed that in. <laughs> Whoever had a five-year-old. <laughs> but the funniest thing is I have an app on my phone with the Alexa on it. And you can type messages and it will announce it over the Alexa. Yeah. So she would make... My five-year-old would make the fart noise and be like, ew, and blame it on somebody else. And then I would type in, uh, no, that was you, and we all know it. <laughs> so I had the Alexa, quote, unquote, talking to her. It was fabulous. Oh, that's and hilarious. Now, now, I was wondering why you were typing it. Like, what? you know you could just say it, right? But no, yeah, yeah, that she makes a lot it. more sense. <laughs> so for that's a long hilarious. time... It got my kids just in stitches. They were laughing their heads off because Alexa caught her <laughs> telling lies. It was the best. Oh, it was a sad funny. day when they realized that that was coming from me. Because oh. it does announce that it is, but it announces my husband's name because it's under him. And so they, they thought it was him for a while. And then they <laughs> saw him doing something when it happened, and they so they knew it wasn't him. Oh, um, that's funny. Yep, it was me. I was participating in these this espionage. <laughs> that's right. Covert operation. <laughs> that's on it's your permanent part of record. Parenting. <laughs> Cuz if I can't trust these kids to make good decisions on their own. <laughs> on your profile is like smart jokes. <laughs> that's right. Conducts covert operations with her children. <laughs> 
Well, that was a fascinating one. I got to I gotta figure out a better way to get my information in a row, though. That drives me crazy. Yeah, it can be hard. Like, I know we skip around a lot, but that was fun. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. See you later. Bye.